0: So, we're in chapter 8 now of Romans, and uh, try to notice something about chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8 of Romans. Romans chapter 5 is about freedom from the wrath and judgment of God. Romans chapter 6 is about freedom from the identity and condemnation and judgment of sin. Romans chapter 7 is about freedom from the judgment of the law. And Romans chapter 8 is about freedom from the power of death. So, wrath, sin, law, and death. We are freed from these by the atoning work of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. What an amazing thing. This is Paul talking about the kingdom, actually. He doesn't use the word kingdom. In the book of Romans, but when you notice certain phraseologies and ways of talking, it's clear that he is talking about the kingdom. He's talking about, he says, for instance, we're not under the word under law, not under death, and uh, under judgment, and what have you. The phrase under law, for instance, indicates that there's something reigning over us the law, the judgment, the power of sin the power of God's wrath, all removed by God himself in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. So when we come to Romans 8 and think of freedom from death, really what are we saying? Um, No longer under the power of death. That is both spiritual and literal. You know, we're in this life, we know we will die Some of us may live until Christ comes and returns and changes this body into an immortal body, but most of us will die. But according to the gospel, we are no longer under the power of death. In other other words, as Jesus says, we shall not see death because we shall rise again. You know, in uh, chapter 25 of Isaiah is one of the most lovely passages about this truth that I know. It's it's, uh, Isaiah chapter 25, and it says in verse 6, And in this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the lees, and he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces the rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. Isn't that an amazing and wonderful verse? He's going to destroy on this mountain, on, on the uh, from the mountain of Israel, he's going to destroy the covering cast over all peoples. What is that covering? It's like uh, a veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Now, we don't like to talk about death. We don't like to talk about dying. We sort of just sweep it under the carpet or don't refer to it. And when we do think of it privately in our private moments, maybe lying in bed in the middle of the night or sometime uh, in the day, we have a little fear, but then we move on to another thought. Well, I want to suggest to you that you don't do that. I want to suggest to you that when the thought of death comes in you say father thank you for the thought of death because this is the reminder to me a reminder to me that the power of death is broken that I'm no longer under its power and I am going to rise from the dead I mean, it sounds the weirdest kind of thing to say, doesn't it? In fact, if (laughs) uh, non-Christian people uh, knew how Christians thought sometimes, they'd think we were off our rocker. We actually believe that we will rise again from the dead. When I was a pastor years and years ago, decades ago, I was uh, conducting a funeral and I was driving in the hearse with the uh, funeral director and just to tease him as we were driving through the cemetery, I said, just to think of it, all these graves will rise, all these graves will break open one day and everybody will come out and be resurrected. He just, he was driving along slowly, of course, and he turned to me, and said, you don't believe that, do you? He said, I've never heard of that before. And I said, you're a funeral director and you've been uh, doing this job for how many years and you have never heard that? You see, that's what people don't understand about us Christians, that we believe in some of the weirdest and most wonderful things. That's why our faith cannot possibly have come from our own minds. It is a gift of God. We believe because Jesus revealed himself as God who rose from the dead as a man. And so, you see, when you do have those momentary fears of death, remember to replace them with faith that says, Father, I thank you that the resurrection will come and I will rise from the dead because the power of death has been broken. Now, it says in verse uh, the first few verses then, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. You see, Paul, as I mentioned last time, is really summarizing chapter 7, which is freedom from the law. And that summary is that since we are freed from the judgment of the law, there's now no condemnation for us. We're imperfect human beings. We're not people who have overcome everything yet. We're walking with by faith, and sometimes we stumble, and pre- maybe pretty often we stumble, or sometimes we forget, and maybe pretty often we forget the Lord in the rush of the day. But we can say, Father, though I forgot you, I thank you that you did not forget me, and I thank you that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And remember what I said last time. Don't make a big deal or a, a complex thing out of being in Christ Jesus. It's an act of faith. We believe that we are in Christ Jesus by Jesus bringing himself to the world dying for our sins, substituting his judgment for ours and rising from the dead on our behalf. And we believe that and we affirm it and we walk with him by faith, saying, Lord God, you are my Savior, now I believe it. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of of sin and death. Now here is the use of the word law in a different way. He's not talking about the law of Ten Commandments, but a principle. The principle of the Spirit of life. Now here is the major introduction, although he's used the name of the Spirit before in chapter 5, but here is the major introduction to the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit, for the principle of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the Spirit brings Christ's life to us we don't feel it physically we don't experience a shudder down our spine we do not have electric shocks to indicate that we have the spirit of Christ it is by faith the the law of the spirit of life in Christ now remember what that spirit of life is we were given a good clue about it more than a clue in chapter 6 where it says in verse 9, knowing that, well, let's take verse 8, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. It doesn't reign. You see, that's, by the way, another of the words, the phrases, that indicates that Paul's talking about kingdoms. Not under the law, not under the dominion of sin. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now that is on our behalf. And so the sin issue is done with once for all. He died once for all. He died to sin once for all. But for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. We take that on by faith and say, Father, even though I struggle and fail yet, the judgment and the guilt and the shame and the condemnation are broken once for all in Christ. This doesn't give you some crazy liberty to do anything you want, but it gives you the liberty to walk forward and to grow without endless shame dragging you down. And so, you see, there is a law of the spirit of life in Christ. Make sure you grasp that that this is not simply, um, uh, well, it's, it's more than simply a, a statement. It is about a way of living. There is a law, a principle of the spirit of life in Christ we do not let Satan drag us down with endless condemnation and judgment and accusation anymore. We try to deal sensibly with our wrongdoing and our failures and our defeats but we uh, but we deal with it objectively um in a business like manner, as I think Alcoholics Anonymous says and we do not bash ourselves and smash ourselves, because when we do that, we actually reinforce the power of our failures and defeats. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, verse 2 again, has made me free from the law of sin and death. And you remember what the law of sin and death is. It is the life in the kingdom of Adam, in which we were born, in which we lived without conversion and the new birth. So that when we failed, we were so ashamed, we were overwhelmed, we were so discouraged, we were so depressed. We wanted to harm ourselves. For some people, that is a, a reality. And now, no, we don't think in those ways because we have been made free from the law of sin and death. We're no longer in the kingdom of Adam. Now, be realistic. Our humanity Still lives in the kingdom of Adam, but because of faith in Christ, or rather because of what Christ has done for us, which we receive by faith, we no longer count ourselves as living in the kingdom of Adam. We now count ourselves as living in the kingdom of Christ. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. That's verse 3. Well, what could the law not do? It could not make us righteous. That is so important to understand for the legalist, for the perfectionist. Your obedience will not make you righteous. It is simply your duty. You go forward in faith to do it, but you are not made righteous by it. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. So why couldn't the law make us righteous? Because it was weakened by the flesh. That's the whole story, isn't it, of Romans chapter 7. It couldn't make us righteous, the law couldn't, because it met with a broken, fallen human nature. So don't let your conscience of right and wrong try to give you security in God. Don't let your conscience say to you, Well, you've been a good boy today, so you're in Christ and you're safe and saved. Or you've been a bad boy today, and so you're not saved. Don't let the law teach you that. You can go before God and you can say, Father in heaven, though I have walked with you faithfully today, I thank you for the knowledge that that is not what saves me. I thank you that it is that Christ has walked faithfully for you, before you, and he is my righteousness. Hello, this is Colin Cook, and thanks for listening to my broadcast today. You can hear the broadcast on the radio. You may be listening to it on a podcast, uh, or rather, on as a podcast on SoundCloud or uh, Podbean. But if you're in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas, you can listen on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states at 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at four in the morning. Some people go to sleep with the broadcast and other people wake up with it quite early. So thank you for listening. If you would like to make a donation, it would be so much appreciated. It's listener-supported radio. You can make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. Or send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Thanks. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.